Hey, you're welcome to do so. And uh, be in Psalms 45. Psalms 45. Last week we were supposed to be in Psalms 45, and I said Psalms 43. And we read that like three weeks in a row. I know what I'm doing. So it's Psalms 45 tonight. Yeah, I guess so. Y'all think I'm going crazy, I think. All right, so how many we have? Four? So let's do uh, 17 and 11 is 28. So let's do seven verses apiece, okay? Psalms 45. My heart is inundating a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made, touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore God hath blessed thee forever. Gird thy sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty, with thy glory and thy majesty. And in thy majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness. And thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. Thine arrows are sharp in the heart of kings' enemies, whereby the people fall under thee. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Thank you, my brother. All thy garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassa out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. King's daughters were among thy honorable women. Upon thy right hand did stand the queen in gold of Ophir. Hearken, O daughter, and consider and incline thine ear. Forget also thine own people and thy father's house. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty. For he is thy Lord, and worship thou him. And the daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift. Even the rich among the people shall entreat thy favor. The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is wrought in gold. She shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins of her companions that follow her shall be brought unto thee. Thank you. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace. Instead of thy father shall be thy children, whom thou mayest make princes in all the earth. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise thee forever and ever. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Amen. Thank you. God is in the midst of her. She shall now be moved. God shall help her in that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I began this message some weeks ago, and I want to finish it tonight. And so... uh, you may remember some of it, but then if you're like me, you don't remember much of much of it. You just uh, just act like you remember it. 
here in chapter 10 in verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness, having not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every man that believeth. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask you here tonight, Lord, that you'd feed our souls. God, should work within our hearts. God, I pray that you'd convict us of our sin. God, draw us unto thee here tonight, Lord, that we may hear you. And may it be clear, may it be plain. Father, help us not to think more highly of ourselves than we are to think. Lord, tonight, Lord, I pray that, that we tonight, Lord, would desire the righteousness and we desire tonight, dear God, the, uh, the, God, the godliness of Christ in our lives. And Father, we're not settled tonight, Lord, but we are content with Jesus. God, we're not what we are to be, Lord, but God, we're glad, grateful we're not what we used to be. And so, God, we're praying tonight, Lord, if you'd help us to look at this passage God, is look at it as souls tonight as, they, as Paul did. And I pray, Father, that may it be a burden upon our hearts for the, the sinners, dear God, of our family, the lost tonight, dear God, of those that we love and those that, God, are our friends and, God, those are our co-workers tonight. God, may we see it more than just black and white and brown. God, may we see more tonight, dear God, than male and female and brother and sister and mother and father God, may we see tonight down deep in the souls of men, God, what will we do that they may be saved? In Christ's name I pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I do want to say a few things before we get started here tonight. Uh, Saturday at 5 o'clock is our Christmas party, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Everyone is invited. Uh, we're going to have finger foods and things of that nature. We'll bring a gift. It's a gift card this year, not a gift, but a gift card. 15 to 20 dollars is that value we'll have some games and things to play and uh we're in we're getting that all together i'm excited about it and uh matthew chapter one and chapter two will be where the questions come from and if you answer a question you'll get a gift card and so we like doing that as well and so you can read that and and uh, see if you can come up with some of those answers uh, they're gonna be very easy i promise you they're out of matthew one and two uh, there will be any, nothing outside of those that parameter there, okay? And uh, so we will make it real simple. Because uh, we want everybody to win, right? That's the kind of world we live in. Everybody wins. Nobody's a loser. Everybody gets a trophy. Amen? But anyway, so we're looking for that, and then we'll have the story to be read, and we'll enjoy each other. And so I'm looking forward to that. And then also December the 25th is our... Our time together as a church, and we'll have a service, lunch, and then service after that. You're invited to come. Bring friends, family, even enemies. Just come. Amen. All right. Romans chapter 10. The title that we titled it last time was, we remember, it's called Forgotten Souls. Forgotten Souls. And so we began here in chapter 10, and uh, I would like to read it like this tonight uh, and, and replace the word Israel, and not that we don't want Israel to be saved, but that was the burden of Paul, and it should be the burden of us as well. But we could read it like this tonight. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Stafford is that they might be saved. You can read it like this tonight. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for, for your family is that they might be saved. And you might want to begin to read it that way as you begin to read it from now on and put your family in it, wherever Israel is, and put your family and say, God, it's my heart's desire and prayer to God for my family that they be saved. That will begin a very harsh, a very heartfelt desire of you that your family would be saved. Amen. And then if you would move on and Say not only Stafford, but you might want to put for America that they might be saved. For the world that they might be saved. And tonight, it's just the plan, the, the very mindset of every one of us tonight in the plan of God is that he'll have all to be saved. God's not willing that any should perish. But the fact of the matter is tonight, God's not going to win any 
unless they hear the word of God. And they're not going to hear the word of God unless we take it to them. And so tonight, the burden lies upon the church tonight to reach the world with the gospel. The world tonight is not going to be seeking the gospel. The world's going to have to hear the gospel. Tonight, the, the, the world is not going to, to have this uh, overcoming feeling, this overcoming thought that, you know what, I need to be saved. I need to go find a church. I need to go find somebody that can tell me about Jesus tonight. That's not how this works. It works like this where we give them the gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost of God begins to prick their heart and convince them uh, that they're a Savior and that Jesus, uh, that they are a sinner and Jesus is a Savior. And then the Word of God begins to convince them and persuade them uh, that their sin, uh, the wages of sin is death. And find out that because of their sin, they're going to die and go to hell. But because of Jesus and his death on the cross and his resurrection, they can find forgiveness of sin and redemption towards God and reconciliation to the Father. And then they turn from their sin and receive Christ. All that is from faith. Amen. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so you and I tonight, uh, if we are going to ever reach the world, ever reach our family, ever reach our neighborhood, ever reach our friends tonight, we're going to have to come to this chapter 10 verse 1 and stop right there. We've got to get this down tonight or we go no further. If tonight you don't have a heart's desire and you don't have a prayer, I promise you tonight you'll not pick up a, you'll not pick up a track and you'll not tell anybody about Jesus Christ if you can't get a desire and a prayer. And so tonight we pray that this will be a movement for you. This will be a, a kind of an encouragement for you uh, that the world is lost and dying and going to a devil's hell. And they're in darkness, and they don't know the light. They don't know where to go. But you and I tonight have answers, and all the answers for them to have. So now I want you to notice, number one, the prayer of the saved. The prayer of the saved tonight. And the prayer of the saved, because Paul was saved, he said, my prayer to God for Israel. That word prayer there, it means a request of God. And what Paul was asking God for to, in the way of a prayer tonight, in the way of request, is that they might be saved. And that was his request. And that might be saved, meaning tonight that God would rescue the unsaved. That word saved there means rescue. Tonight, that's a very, very, uh, I guess, alarming word. If somebody would call you tonight at 2 o'clock in the morning and they would say, hey, would you come rescue me? I promise you, you get out of the bed quickly. You'll put your clothes on as quick as you can. You'll get in that car and you'll drive to whomever asks you to come rescue them. Now, if somebody called to you and said, hey, uh, would, you, would you just come over and, and just say hello to me at 2 in the morning? You'd say, man, I tell you what, maybe at 8 in the morning I'll come by and say hello to you. But to say hello to you at 2 in the morning, waking me up and getting me out of the house, it just ain't going to work tonight. But when they say rescue, immediately there comes a different mindset. There's something tonight that you have to rescue from. You think about drowning. You think about fire. You think about being maybe caught somewhere. You think about coming to a place where you can't get out and you need to be rescued. And that's what that word saved means. It's, he's asking, Lord, my request to you for all of Israel tonight is that you would rescue the unsaved. It means to deliver tonight, to deliver the ungodly. That word save means to heal the unwise. It means tonight to preserve the unknowing. God, would you do that? Would you do that for my family? I'll be honest with you tonight. Since I preached this message here, I don't know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and I uh, didn't get through it, but I got through half of it. Uh, I pray, I've been praying every day, Lord, rescue. And I begin naming these people. Rescue, God, please deliver, Lord. I pray that you heal. I pray that you preserve. It's stuck to my heart. It, it's helped me to pray about sinners tonight, about those of my family, about those that are in this church tonight that needs God, that they're ungodly, they're unwise, they're unholy tonight, uh, they're unknowing tonight, they're just unsaved. And God, deliver them, rescue them, Lord. God, heal them, preserve them. God, save their souls. 
There has to be an urgency in the heart of the saved tonight. There's got to be an emergency tonight in the heart of the saved. When you start using words, deliver me, rescue me, help me, it's an emergency. It's an urgency. We don't have tomorrow. Do you know that people are dying tonight and not making tomorrow? How do you know tonight that your family is going to be there tomorrow? we got to find an emergency within us. We're going to have to find some urgency within our lives tonight and begin to request of God, begin to beg God, begin to, to ask God to do something tonight in the hearts of the unsaved. Rescue God. Deliver. Heal. Preserve. That's the request that Paul made. Number two, he's asking God in the way of prayer to the returning to God. He's begging God to save. And when I'm saying tonight that Paul was just not praying to God one time, he prayed to God two times, three times, four times, five times. He not only requested of God, but he returned to God. He returned to God daily. He returned to God weekly. He returned to God yearly. He returned to God every time they opened his mouth, every time he began to request unto God, Brethren, my heart's desire in prayer to God is for Israel is that they might be saved. And he prayed over and over and over and over. He returned to God. Tonight we got to find that type of prayer. That we just keep on praying and keep on giving to God and keep on requesting God, begging God, requiring God, crying out to God, asking God, save my children, save my grandchildren, save my, my aunt and uncle and my brother and my sister. God, save my friends, save my grandma. God, save the neighbor, save the co-worker. Please, and keep on praying, keep on praying, keep on praying. That's what we need tonight. Nobody ever get born again and saved and washed in the blood of the Lamb and have a reservation in heaven if God's people stop praying. We can pray for a new boat. We can pray for a new gun. We can pray for a new dress. We pray for a new diamond. We pray for a new home. We pray for a lot of things tonight. But how many times do we keep on returning to God? Save them, God. Save them, Lord. God, save them. And tonight, that ought to be the very thrust of our heart. It ought to be the very main prayer to our God. Is God, if these people die in their condition, if these people tonight whom I love and whom I care for, if they die lost, they're going to hell. God, please, as I return to you, Tonight, tomorrow night, the next night, save. And so tonight we find that there is a prayer of the saved tonight. It means he requested of God, returned to God, but he meant he reliance upon God. Knowing tonight that Paul is saying, my heart's desire in prayer to God. Not to the church. Not to the Pope. Not to the pastor. Because God, but Paul knew that the only hope that they have is that he would rely upon God. His reliance of his prayer was to God and God alone. For he knew that only God can save. He also knew tonight that the only hope and help that they may have tonight is God. It's God tonight. It's not the church. Many of people say, well, if I can just get them to church. Fred, you can get them to church. They die and go to hell. But if I can just get them to talk to Brother Larry, hey, you can get them to talk to me and die and go to hell. You've got to get them to God. Amen. And that's where we need to get them to. It's Jesus tonight that reconciles man to God. We've got to get them to God. The reliance tonight of this prayer of Paul was to God. His return was repetitive. And then his request was God rescue and deliver. And the reason why tonight that Paul had such a burden of prayer tonight was three reasons. Number one, because the unsaved are without the need of being saved. Tonight, many of our family members have no idea that they have a need of being saved. Now to you and I tonight who's been in church for some time, 
we think that's foolishness. Do you and I tonight hear God's word all the time and, and we're, we're pretty familiar with the things of God? Uh, to go to somebody tonight, it's not uncommon uh, that when you speak to them tonight, uh, that they, they know that maybe there's some things in their life that's not morally right. They may know some things in their life where they're maybe doing that are ethically wrong. Or they might even know they're doing some criminal things. But to put in the position tonight that they have an idea or a knowledge tonight that they need to be saved tonight, need to have their sins forgiven and be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and be reconciled to God tonight, they don't know. They think they just need to come to church. They think they just need to reform their life. They think they just need to lay down the booze and lay down the books and lay down this and lay down that and pick up this and pick up that and they think they'd be okay. That's why we got to pray. And we got to pray and we ask God, God, these people who don't even have a knowledge that they even need to be saved. And we're praying they'd be saved. And so tonight only God can do such a thing. But we got to know as a people tonight who's praying that those that we're praying for, even though tonight they say, listen, I know that if I die, I go to hell. But they don't, have, they don't know that they have a need of being saved. You say, well, how do they don't know? Well, the Bible says that the God of this world has blinded their eyes that they shall not see the glorious light of the gospel. They know all the things they're doing is not right. They know all the things they're doing is, is not what everybody else is doing in a church or the family who's saved tonight. But the idea of them just being lost tonight is something they don't know. Boy, we got to pray. We're talking about some spiritual battle going on. We're talking about our loved ones and our kids and our family tonight. If you say, listen, you don't drink. You say, well, oh, come on, man, I don't drink that bad. But, man, they need to be saved. It's not the alcohol that we're even talking about. It's the soul. Because if the soul gets saved and the heart gets changed, then that behavior and that conduct is changed. Sometimes we try to clean up the outside. And sometimes we try to take away things that seem to be sinful tonight to try to help the heart. That don't do anything but complicate things. That just brings everybody into a morality, brings somebody into some sort of a, a behavior or maybe a, co a cookie cutout that they've met all these do's and don'ts, and yet their heart is still dark, and their heart is still wicked, and they're trying to live this life that you want them to live, and they're trying to live this life that everybody talks about living, and really it's not from the inside out. It's the outside in. And they don't even know. Tonight we got to pray. There's a real spiritual battle going on. And if God's people don't pray, if mom and daddy don't pray, and preacher and church don't pray tonight, they'll never get saved. So we find that tonight. And you see that in verse 2. Look what it says. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. That's what I'm talking about right there. Paul says, that's why I'm praying for Israel. They got a zeal. They got, this, they got this desire, they got this, this kind of this mindset, this fervency, this heat to do what they want to do and how they want to do it. But Fred, it's not according to knowledge though. It's like they're going to serve God the way they want to serve God. Uh, they want it, they're going to do it however they feel like they need to do it. We're not going to do it according to the Word of God. We're not going to do it according to the church of God. We're not even going to do it according to the to the. The house of God, we're going to do it according to the way we want to do it. And that's what Paul's saying, boy, and he prays his brethren. My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel. Why? Because they don't even help know they have a need of being saved. Because they think they got it all together by the zeal of God. Number two, because the unsaved are without the necessity of being saved. Look at verse 3. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. See, they don't even, they don't even know the necessity of being saved. They, they don't know of the tonight that they have to put down their self-righteousness and take up God's righteousness. 
That's necessary. You'll not be born again unless you have the righteousness of God. And many, many people tonight are living on self-righteousness. They're doing what they're doing because it pleases self. They got religion tonight, but it's self-religion. They, they got tonight this, this code of conduct. They've got this uh, core of belief. Uh, they got this way of wisdom, and yet it has nothing to do with God. And tonight, that's what Israel had. You know what Paul did? Paul said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel that they might be saved. Not only tonight was it because they, the unsaved are without the necessary or what's necessary to be saved. And there in verse 4 it says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And what's necessary for them to be saved, Israel, is Christ. And what's necessary for anybody to be saved tonight is Christ. Christ puts the end to the law. Christ puts the end to your sin. Christ puts the end to your self-righteousness. Christ puts an end to your way of life. Christ puts an end to any other behavior or belief or any other code that you might have. He puts the end. Christ is the end of everything tonight that you might even think of or consider tonight in the way in which you live your life. Christ is the end. Unless you come to Christ tonight, you can't be saved. But see, they don't know that. They don't know that. They think it's baptism. Some people might even think it's being a good person or being a good mother or a good father or a good, good husband or a good employee or a good citizen working down at the United Way, working down there at the, at the uh, uh, Red Cross, working at the shelter, uh, being down there at the place of the Star Hope, going to the prisons and going to the, the children's centers. All of that stuff is motivated by some, some way of getting salvation. But all that comes to an end in Christ. Tonight, Paul is saying my prayer, my prayer tonight as a saved is the prayer of a saved. Number two, I notice the passion of a servant. Paul said my heart's desire, that's a passion. Tonight, you've got to have a passion with the prayer. If you have a prayer without a passion, the prayer is very little and very weak. You've got to have a passion that makes the prayer move to God. Amen? We don't need just cut out prayers. We don't need book prayers. We don't need prayers that we pray unconsciously. Like now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul. We don't need that kind of stuff. We need a prayer tonight that comes from the very, very passion. He said, my heart's desire. Paul's saying, I'm reaching down deep within my heart tonight. And I'm praying for Israel that they get saved. Tonight, that ought to be for you, for your children tonight. Not that they become a lawyer, that they become a doctor, that they become a politician that they become a preacher, a missionary, that they become a ditch digger, they become an electrician, uh, whatever you might want to put in that gap or that blank there tonight. But the very, the very heart and the very desire and passion you ought to have within you tonight is that my children and grandchildren and my family tonight, from the deep depth of my heart, from the recesses of my soul, to the very bottom of my heart tonight, as all I want is that they be saved. Amen? The passion. Tonight we see that passion. We see that passion with Paul. And that word desire means satisfaction. In other words, Lord, I, I only will be satisfied is when they get saved. You see, if we use that way of life tonight, it always motivates us to do better or to reach our point. Right? Satisfaction. You can do that in a marriage. All I want to be is satisfied. So you search and you look and you find your spouse. You find the one that you say, oh, yeah, that's it. That's the one. 
Why is that one? Because I believe they can satisfy me. They can make me happy. I can be content with that one. You go out looking for a car. You go out looking for some, something that has four wheels and a steering wheel and a motor. And you look at a car, I don't like that one because I don't like the dash. I don't like that one there because of the way the seat is sitting. I don't like that because it's vinyl seats. I want leather seats. What is your problem? I'm just not satisfied with that one. But when I get to the one I'm satisfied with, guess what I do? I'll buy it. Home, tools, everything that we buy and we get in our lives tonight is all based upon a heart's desire. Am I right? Yeah. So why doesn't that move into the spiritual side and say, man, I'm not going to be satisfied until my children get saved. I'm not going to be satisfied until my grandchildren, not only one, not two, not four, not five, but all, get saved. I mean, tonight, we can't afford, as God's people tonight, as a servant of the Lord, to fail. Our children and our grandchildren and our family tonight and our city by not asking God to pray with a heart's desire. In other words, I'll be satisfied when, Lord, they're saved. My heart's desire. Now, I want you to notice tonight, if you would, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 tonight. And look at verse 19 with me. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 says, For though I'll be free from all men, and yet have I made myself a servant unto all. That was my point, the passion of the servant. Paul's writing this. He said, I have made myself a servant unto all, that I might gain the more. I want you to notice tonight, first of all, that Paul is not a servant. Paul, not a servant to anyone. Paul's as, as he looks at this and you read this, you say, for though I am free from all men. Paul is saying tonight that I am not obligated and I am not responsible to, for any man, for all men. I am not, I'm responsible for me. I've got to make sure that I'm saved. Uh, the Bible says to examine myself to examine my heart, to see whether I'm in the faith or not, to prove yourself. That's what the Bible teaches. So tonight, Paul is saying to us, listen, this thing about people being saved, I'm not under that obligation. I'm not under that, that burden from God where every time I get up in the morning, I got this hand pressed upon me saying, you got to go out and win Christ. You got to go out and win them to Christ. You got to go win your children. You're sorry, mother, if you don't win them to Christ. You're sorry, grandma, grandpa, if you don't win your grandchildren. What kind of family member are you? Here you are out working. Here you out drinking. Out, out there drinking a Coke. Out here getting an ice cream down at Dairy Queen. Uh, you know, a, a, a medium dip comb. Yeah. And people are dying around you and going to hell. You ain't much of a servant of God. Paul says, I, I'm free from all that. And I want you to know you're free from all that too. All right? But then Paul says this tonight. Now is he not a servant to, to any, to anyone. But then in verse 9, Paul says, but I'm a servant to everyone. For he says, but or yet have I made myself a servant unto all. So he's saying, I have subjected myself i have volunteered myself i have made myself a servant to all I, that word servant means enslave it means to bring into bondage it means to make into a slave and paul's mindset and it needs to be our mindset tonight is this is god 
is not telling me tonight with a heavy hand laying a burden upon my heart and telling me, you have to be a soul winner. you got to win your children. you got to win this. you got to do this. you got to do that. But as one who's a servant of the Lord, I have volunteered myself. I have said to me, I have made myself. I have presented myself. I have put myself as a servant. I enslaved myself to the souls of men that I might gain more. You see, so tonight there's a big difference than whenever you feel like that when you walk out of here in just a minute, you got to get you a track and you got to go home to your children and take a Bible and you got to hit them over the head with it. Or you walk out of here with a burden and a passion and a prayer to God saying, God, I've enslaved myself to my children. I have made myself to be a servant to my children. And because of that, Lord, would you save them? Would you save them? And the reason why I would enslave myself to my children and to my grandchildren and to those that are lost tonight so that I may gain. I might gain more. I might get more saved. More come to know you, Lord. And so we find the servant here tonight. And uh, as we look at it, we find that why a servant of all because that he might gain more, more souls might be saved, more people might be delivered, and more sinners might be recovered. Isn't that good? God help us tonight. Undertaking of the servant, not only the understanding of a servant, but the undertaking of a servant. Look in verse 20. He says, Now unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews, to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law, to them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means, all means save some. The undertaking of a servant was, you know what? I'm not going to offend anybody so they be saved. I, I'm not going to uh, offend the lost, the unknowing. Uh, my heart is to gain the more. My satisfaction is to gain the more. My delight is to gain the more. My motivation tonight is more for Christ. My uh, message tonight is all for Christ. And my meaning tonight is Christ himself. So we're not going to go through all that we did before, but we find tonight that Paul is saying, that I'm going to be whatever I need to be. He ain't talking about going into your beer joint trying to win the beer joint people. You're not talking about going on the street corner out there and trying to win a harlot. And so you got to become, uh, you know, a part of that type of activity. He's not saying any of that tonight. All he's saying is this, is I am going to reach where I need to go and become what I need to become so that I can gain the more. Amen? If I need to go to somebody's house, I will. If I need to go to take somebody out to eat, I will. If I need to send them a $50 gift card in order to, for them to find, find a relationship, I do that. I, I do whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And no matter whom it is, my grandchildren, picking them up, taking them to the park, taking them here, doing this, buying them this, reaching this, however and whatever it takes tonight so that you may win and gain more. I'm not saying more sin. I'm not saying tonight something illegal, something immoral, something unethical. I'm talking about something biblical that you may win them. Now, the question is tonight, what are we doing? How much are we inconvenience for the souls of men? How much, is it, how much sacrifice are we making so that others can be saved? Good question. Good question, what, what are we doing? What's our sacrifice? What is our inconvenience? Tonight, are we a servant tonight that has that desire? Well, Paul was. So we find tonight as well, the underlying of a servant, verse 23. He says, for this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. The underlying of a servant tonight, the basis of why I'm a servant it's for the gospel's sake. The reason Paul would be a servant to those sinners and to those lost was because of the gospel's sake. It's so that Christ would be honored, so that the church would be advanced and the salvation would be successful. That's why. The burden of why I'm a servant tonight, and only the basis of it, was that I might be a partaker 
thereof with you. Partners, co-partners with the church. That you might, they might be co-companions with you in heaven. Uh, it may be tonight, uh, whereabouts you are with in eternity tonight. I want to be with you, Paul saying. Paul saying, I want to be by you. There in that verse 23, that I might be partakers thereof with you. Paul saying, the reason why I want to tell you about Jesus, and I'm becoming an enslaved to you to do that, and I will sacrifice and be inconvenienced and whatever it costs me, I'm going to do it because I want to be in heaven with you. Right? I want you to enjoy the Christian life like I do. I want you to know the peace of God and the rest of God that I have. I want you to know tonight that when you do mess up, that we've got a God in heaven that will forgive you. We've got a God in heaven that will show grace and mercy. That's what I want the world to know. That's what I want my children to have. That's what I want my family to experience. That's what I want Stafford tonight to, to be part of tonight. Now, wouldn't it be good that all of them would go to heaven? And tonight it's going to take us in the way of a prayer of the saved and the passion of a servant. And then here thirdly tonight, and I preached all that already, so that was probably just a rerun for you. But number three, the plea of a sufferer. Paul, tonight, as you read there in that Romans chapter 10, he was suffering. Tonight, I wonder if the souls of our family and the souls of those that are around us or even Stafford creates within us a suffering. He says, Paul said, brethren, my heart's desire down deep in my heart in prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Paul was in the place tonight of of a sufferer and we see that tonight as well in the scripture and if we turn there with me tonight to Romans chapter 9 Romans chapter 9 tonight look there in verse 1 he says I say the truth in Christ I lie not my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness there's that suffering. And continual sorrow. Where? In my heart. What was in his heart? My heart's desire. As a servant. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ. For my brethren. For my kinsmen. According to the flesh. Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, who whose are the fathers and of whom are concerning the flesh, Christ came, who was over all. God blessed forever. Amen. Four things tonight on this thought, that Paul was a plea of a sufferer. And you see it right there. Number one, the creating of this plea. What created in Paul, this plea. What well, says in verse 1, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost. The creating of this plea was in Christ. So when he became in Christ, he found that this sorrow, he found that this heaviness began in his heart. Each one of us tonight that's really truly saved tonight is going to be a sufferer. Have we suffered for our children? Have we suffered for our loved ones? Have we suffered for those friends and for those family members tonight? Have we suffered? Do we have great and deep sorrow and heaviness? He said, the reason I have that plea is because the creating of that was Christ in me. That's what he says in verse 1. Number 2, now it was the creating of this plea but I know it's the confirming of this plea because he says my conscience also bearing at our, me witness in the Holy Ghost so the Holy Ghost is the one who's witnessing to Paul and the testimony to Paul and evidence to Paul and the Holy Ghost is saying to Paul I see that Paul I see that heaviness in your heart I see that sorrow I wonder tonight would the Holy Ghost of God confirm in our lives I see that 
Yes, Lord. I see that heaviness in his heart for that, that mom's cry for the daughter. That father's for the son. I see that. And the Holy Ghost of God is being a witness to it. So we find that in Christ tonight created this plea. We find that the confirmation of this plea is the Holy Ghost of God. We find, number three tonight, that the continuing of this plea was due to, in verse 2, a strong sorrow. He says, I have a great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. Uh, that means that continual sorrow means a strong sorrow. It means a steadfast sorrow, and it means a sharp sorrow. So it is a strong sorrow in that it affects me. It's a steadfast sorrow in that it continues in me. And it is a sharp sorrow because it brings heaviness upon me. I'm just wondering tonight if those that we love and those that we care for and those that we know that are unsaved tonight would affect us because of the creation of Christ and because of the confirmation of the Holy Ghost of God, would it be different in the souls of those around us? We always want to say tonight that they're not getting saved because they don't want to be saved. But can we say tonight, say tonight that maybe they're not getting saved because we are not pleading as a sufferer? Maybe... We're not in heavy sorrow. Maybe tonight it's just not that heavy for us. We can pray for a lot of things, pray for many things, this, that, and the other. But how many times do, does it like a sharp-edged sword hits our heart when we start talking about one of our children or grandchildren or, or parents or family members that they're lost without God? Does it just cut? Or kind of just, you just kind of let it flow over and say, hey, yeah, you know, let's just talk about something else. Or something. I don't like talking about that. Uh, let's just talk about something else. Tonight we find that Paul's plea at this condition, we see the cause tonight of this plea in verses 3 and verse 5. He says, he says, my brethren. So he's talking about his, his family, his, those that, are, that belong to him and his family. Then he says, my kinsmen. That's those that are in his religion or those that were part of his, his Judaism. We find my people, those that are Israelites. And he says, who are separated from God, there in verse 4, and those who are dedicated to wrath and those that are destined to judgment. That's the cause of this plea. And it would be the cause for us tonight to pray for, uh, for others tonight because they are headed for judgment and because they are in wrath and because tonight they are going to find themselves in a place called hell. Now the carefulness tonight of the plea, he says this tonight there in that verse 3, he said, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ. Do we understand what that means tonight? Does that, do, do we understand tonight that Paul is saying, and he's spiritually speaking tonight, that if I could, that's why I said the carefulness of his plea, if I could, if I could, I would make myself accursed from Christ, spiritually speaking, that I would not go to heaven if somebody else could? Wow. That's pretty serious, don't you think? Lord, if I, if I could tonight, if I could, I would, I would want to go to heaven so that others could go to heaven. I wouldn't, I want to go to heaven but I wouldn't go to heaven if I knew that others would go to heaven because I wouldn't go to heaven. That's getting serious about the souls of men. If I 
will go to hell so that others won't go to hell, then I'll go to hell. Can we say that? I will go to hell so that others won't go to hell, then I'll go to hell. He said, if I could. Spiritually speaking tonight, but biblically speaking tonight, Paul could never do that. Paul could never go to hell so that somebody else could go to hell. Paul could never not go to heaven so that somebody else could go to heaven. It's biblically, biblically an error to think that. No wish, no want, or no will. But Paul, spiritually speaking tonight, had that heart and say, if I could. If I could. Tonight, I wonder if in our spiritual walk, and I wonder in our Christian life, have we got close enough to God tonight? Have we got burdened enough that we could look to God tonight and say, Lord, if I could. I wish I was accursed. Is that scary for you? Lord, if I could tonight, I wouldn't go to heaven so that my kids can go to heaven. Lord, tonight, I would go to hell so that my grandkids won't go to hell. If I could. Biblically speaking tonight, that can't ever happen. Let me tell you why. I'll turn to Romans chapter 8 and we'll close. Romans chapter 8, look in verse 35. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sakes we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels or principalities, powers of things present nor things to come, nor height, death, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Tonight, can anyone go to heaven without faith in Christ? No. But tonight we find, even if we wanted to go to hell so that somebody else wouldn't go there, we couldn't do it. But we could wish it. Tonight, if we didn't want to go to heaven so that somebody else could go to heaven tonight, we could wish it. But it could never happen. Tonight, we're secure in Christ. And we want them to be also. Tonight, can I say, forgotten souls. I wonder tonight in our own home, in our own families, in our own communities, in our own city, our own workplace, how many forgotten souls are there? Lord, help me. Help me tonight. I need to be more. Brethren, it's my heart's desire and prayer to God for Stafford that God would save him. Now you put your family in that. And I believe tonight God will make a big difference in their lives. Let's see if God will do something within our church. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. God has really dealt my heart in the way of prayer, praying for those that are lost tonight. He's, he stirred my heart some weeks ago, and tonight it's still stirred. I beg you tonight, Lord, to stir every single one of us. Help us not to be too tired. To pray. God, help us not to be too busy to pray. Help us to not, not to be so selfish and not to pray. I wonder if your children and grandchildren tonight are worth you taking time tonight and praying. I wonder tonight. I was thinking, boy, if we can just win our children and grandchildren to Christ, this church would be full. Just own our families. 
God, I pray you help us. Anybody need to come pray tonight? You just come. You just come and do some work, do some with the Father tonight, just do some business with Him. We got help tonight. I fall real short tonight in the way of prayer. You need to come, you come tonight. Just slip on out, come to the altar, do some business with God. It's time just to speak to Him tonight, to open your heart up. Let God do a work. Let God show you tonight where it's really going on, what's really going, what's really taking place within you. In the way of your prayer. Some have come tonight. Would you come? Just pray. Pray to the Lord. God help. God help tonight. I don't want to be the in the way of anybody being saved. I don't want to be the hindrance of my kids getting born again. I don't, I don't want to be the trouble in my home tonight where they're not coming to Christ because of my behavior, because of my lack of prayer. I don't want to be that. Help tonight. Blessed be the name. Honor to his name. The church has power tonight in prayer. The church tonight's the only organism that has the right tonight to come to the throne room of God. The only people tonight that has the privilege of talking to God, the God of gods and the Lord of lords. Nothing's impossible with God. All things tonight are possible. Is anything too hard for God was the question. Nothing. Nothing's too hard for God. Oh, as we seek and search the Lord tonight, I pray you'll continue to pray. As I'm about to come over to the side and I begin to pray with you tonight, if you have a prayer request, you are able to pray for that tonight. You pray and we'll pray about it as well tonight with you. So if you feel led to pray...